What's going on, guys? It's Cooper from the Backpins, and today we got a surprise for everybody. We got a new co-host that's going to be on this podcast. His name is James, and fantasy is his game. James, how's it going? Tell tell the listeners a little bit about you and your your Western sports fantasy background, the whole shebang. Well, you know, I'll keep this as short and sweet as I possibly can, but fantasy uh, bull riding and, and the sport western sports in general mean the world to me and have since i was about 13 14 years old uh backing up a little bit i got a little bit ahead of myself most listeners aren't going to know this because you know it's audio but i was born with the gift of cerebral palsy and uh, for those that don't know there's like 880 something people 880-some thousand people born a year with cerebral palsy or something like that in the United States. And it's a birth defect. 90% of the time, born breach, oxygen supply, got cut off to my brain. And uh, there's no one particular case of cerebral palsy exactly the same. But with that in mind, I was always taught and raised to, I don't care if you have cerebral palsy, if you set your mind to it, you can do anything you set your mind to. And having that from the time he was old enough to understand English to being 36 now like I am, it's made me do a lot of stupid things when I was younger that my body's just not designed to do. Uh, but do I regret it? No. I, I got a black belt in Taekwondo. Uh, I've been to several years and years of studying tape and going to Gary LaFue bull riding schools and going to practice pen, which is about 10 minutes from my house in Dry Fork, Arkansas. That was where I got on my first bull, and that was just a blast. And cerebral palsy or not, if you want something bad enough, stick your hand in there and grit it out and give it all you got in life in general. But that leads me to why I'm not wearing a gold buckle and they're not handing me a million-dollar checks. Because last <laughs> I checked, they're not going to let me even even attempt just because of the danger of it being the world's most dangerous sport. And doing it in the practice pen is one thing, and having your friends and several buddies help you. But doing it at that level is another thing. That's putting too many people's life at risk besides just my own. And they're not going to let me do it anyway. I've won every fantasy bull riding thing that's ever been out except for one and that was the road to vegas when the pbr first started doing fantasy stuff years ago and i finished eighth i think and that was the highest i ever finished and that pissed me off because <laughs> you're supposed to win first but i'd never really won the pro fantasy rodeo deal that's more of a that's more of a one event luck of the draw than there's a whole season like like these are so it's a lot tougher to really win you got certain ideas of which guys are hot and which guys aren't and so on and so forth but it's just so much harder because you don't have a draw until the next day or whatever you just got to pick them but right. i ended up winning a buckle league uh, this past year and got pretty close to winning it the closest i've been in a long long time but uh, with that said, I won buckingfantasy.com in 2011, made so much money off them. I guess they went broke. And then Luke Sullivan come along with Pro Bowl Fantasy 8. And 
he broke his season down into two seasons, you know, like a first half and a second yeah. half. Yeah. And I actually won them both. Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. That was cool. And a trip to the PBR finals. And that was either 13 or 15 because it was one of the years JB Mooney won the world title. That's how I remember. But how I enter bull ridings to me, it's not really just a game. It's it's my way of entering bull riding for a chance at at money and and just having fun, picking bull riding, paying attention, and hopefully you know this podcast kicks off and we can do some different things. We can do some videos and some yeah. tours of different places and so on and so forth. But in no, you're good. No, that's that's perfect. I think it's good to, to let people know about you for sure. You definitely have quite the resume when it comes to fan Western sports and fantasy in general. So that's that's always good. And I think we got a good episode in store today. I think we're gonna cover Chicago. We're gonna talk about Denver just briefly, but there's some there's some good matchups in Chicago. So I'm excited for that. And uh, without further ado, grab them slides, boys, because we're coming at you from the back pens. <laughs> So first, I think we're going to discuss what happened in Denver. So there's a, I think it's a velocity tour, right, James? It's a velocity. And it was uh, Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. And there was a pretty good list of bull riders there. What did you think overall about it, James? Did you have any takeaways from Denver? Denver, hands down, is by far, other than maybe the velocity tour finals, and I'm not sure Denver is not even more so my favorite as far as on that tour because all the guys on the on the Unleash the Beast tour have the opportunity to go to it. They have two events on the Velocity Tour, Bangor, Maine, and Denver that are three days, but Denver is is only two rounds because they take the top 90 and they take like 35 or Maybe they buck all. I think. Nine. I think so. The format is is they. I think they have two nights of forty five, and then they trim it down to thirty. I think, and then they have fifteen back in the long round. I believe. Yeah, is and, the format. And what was the most impressive part to me was the ground was great. We can't use the ground was you know not good in New York and that's why hey, they rode. Hey, come on now, we're not barrel racers. We don't worry too much about the that. We don't worry that much about the ground, James. Come on now. No, I know, I know, but it does affect those bulls, and we know. Oh, that. absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. What I was getting at uh, the long way around the barn, and I need to figure out how to make those shorter. But uh, uh, Denver was great. Twenty-seven guys out of thirty. I actually had qualified rides that would have qualified out of the 90. Basically, if you make the whistle out of the 90, you got to come back on Wednesday and get on one more. And then if you rode that bull or, or scored high enough in the first long round, then you got to got to get on a good one. And what I like about Denver is a lot of those short round bulls or, or championship round, whatever you want to call it, uh, come from the UTVs, Chad Burgers, uh, JW Hart. Yeah, it was it was a stout bullpen for sure. They had, like you said, a lot of bulls that did have some UTB experience, but there was also some that 
I hadn't seen a lot of, and that doesn't mean that they haven't done things. I'm not meaning it in that way, but you look at uh, this bull right here, Relentless, from, let's see, 4L and Diamond S Rodeo, 47 and a half. I remember watching him. He was he was all there. You look, you had a 46 in the in the short round as well from a bull score. So you had two bull scores over 46. I mean, the bulls were no slouch there. It was a solid pen from top to bottom. And when you come up and look at who walked away the winner, Lane Nobles takes it with 262 on three head. Uh, that's a pretty good three-day stretch there. Start your week off, no doubt about it. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think Denver may be the highest paying Velocity Tour event. I won't swear by it, but I think it is because I think Lane walked out there with nearly 20 grand and he didn't even win every round or anything like that. So what I told you off air pretty much come to fruition with, you know, Josh Frost doing really well. And Clayton Sellers is going to be on tour before long. And uh, so is Josh Frost and so is Lane Nobles, obviously, because he won. But, you know, I'd been around Lane when he was back in the CBR days when they were when we were all going to the Cinch Tour deals. And he's pretty much the last of the Mohegans of that group that I ran with. So it's good to see the guy step up and, and just do some phenomenal things because I've seen him do it throughout his whole career. Cole Malonson stood out to me in Denver. Because sometimes I play the pick'em game, and I was talking to you because I had some doctor's appointments and things, so I couldn't watch the whole the whole second round. So I texted you or called you one and asked you, you know, kind of what happened. And you're like, "Well, Chrome Alonso got pretty wrecked out and had a tough time getting out of there." I had him picked to ride that bull, but since you said that, I wasn't even sure he was going to be on the thing so i changed my pick and he ends up being 87 points makes a short round hats off to him for for putting the pain aside and being a cowboy about it and doing your job yeah he definitely was in a it looked at least watching it on tuesday night it looked like he was pretty sore he definitely was slow getting out of there you know and and you could see it hurt him he kind of got stepped on a bit but yeah good for good for cole I don't know. Is there any finishing touches on Denver you'd like to add? I think I've got about everything. Well, there's just one more thing I'd like to add, and that's Jake Lockwood's really impressive, and that Bob Mitchell. Uh, Jake, on his last one in the short round, he he was lipping out. Yeah, he did look pretty ginger when he was walking out of there. I don't know if he'll go to Ohio or Cedar Park, Texas, or whatever they got going on this weekend. I know there's two of them. I don't know where the one in Ohio is because – I like following guys that I know personally, and Lane's pretty much the only one left on tour besides the outlaw. So, yeah. The other one is Portland, Oregon. While we're on that subject, can you give us a time and a place to find that stuff to watch for people that don't know? Yeah. Cedar Park shootout is so January 15th. So Saturday, it's on Ride Pass on Pluto at 7 p.m. Eastern. The Portland Classic on Saturday, January 15th, is on at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on Ride Pass on Pluto. So you can watch the Velocity Tour on Ride Pass if you want. That'll kind of segue us into the UTB in Chicago this weekend. It kicks off tonight at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on Ride Pass on Pluto. And this is going to be the first 15-15 bucking battle of the year. So what do you think about this bucking battle that they're going to have this weekend? 
first of all, let's just back up just one second. Remind the folks that Pluto TV or Pluto TV is free. Ride Pass is also free, and you can find it on. You can download the app or on on any kind of Roku or any kind of smart device, and it's on channel seven twenty. For those that don't know, now moving forward to the fifteen fifteen bucking battle. What's your thoughts on it? And then I'll go from there and give mine. So I think they've got a really stout set of bulls. Uh, you're looking at the two highest marked bulls from last weekend, and you're bringing Chad Berger into the equation as well. You realistically, in my opinion, you've got four bulls in there that legitimately can be 46 plus without a lot of luck. So I definitely think it's going to be really stout. There's a couple matchups that jumped off the page as far as guys should be able to handle these bulls. The first one I'll talk about is Boudreaux Campbell, uh, Marquise Metalworks, Red Clark from Paradigm Bull Company. I think this bull will probably go into Boudreaux's hand, and I think Boudreaux should be able to ride him. What do you think, James? I think Boudreaux, when Boudreaux decides Boudreaux wants to ride, Boudreaux's going to ride, and there ain't nothing that anybody can put under him that's going to buck him off. But bull riding in general is the toughest sport in the world, not only on you physically but mentally too and it's just winnings between your ears and it's just who can stay the healthiest and who can the most mental focused of the whole entire group that's who ends up being a world champ but i believe i believe you're right i want to say he's going to be 91 and a half what do you think yeah he'll be right around there if he rides him he isn't going to get into the high 90s most likely but he'll be over 90 the second matchup i had kind of highlighted is Mason Taylor versus Pookie Holler at Chad Burgers. There's big time potential here. Uh, this was a bull I had picked as a dark horse for the PBR uh, bull of the year. He was pretty good in Indianapolis. Uh, Mason's riding pretty good right now. I think this could be fireworks. I mean, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be a day off, but I think Mason can ride him for sure. And I think they could uh, be a whole pile of points. What about you? If you ask me, and this is just my opinion on Mason Taylor as a whole right now, I don't think there's a more confident guy in the locker room right now than Mason Taylor. Maybe Kyle Oliver because he just won $100,000 or whatever he wanted at that major. But as far as a whole, through the finals and through the first couple of weeks of the season, I don't think there's a more confident guy in this in the locker room. So I think you could run Godzilla under him and and he's got such good form and such good proper mechanics that he knows how to do it. Everybody at this level knows how to do it. It's easier said than done and winning's between your ears, but I gotta give the edge to Mason. Yeah, I mean it's not gonna be a day off, but it's one that I think he can definitely handle and I think they could be a lot of points for sure. And the final matchup I had highlighted is Joao Ricardo Vieira versus WSM's Jive Turkey of Chad Burgers. This bull was the highest marked bull in Indianapolis a couple weeks back. He tends to go to the left, and we all know what that means for JRV. This bull has the day he had an Indy, and JRV rides him. This could be a monster, monster score. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, JRV is... Uh... I don't want to say he's getting up there in years. He's the elder statesman of the locker room, and, and he knows it. But that's what makes me take my hat off to the guy. He's 37, 38, or whatever age he is. And uh, 
still getting it done, still in the top, you know, five where he's been most of his career. I think he's not near as consistent as he was maybe four or five years ago. Right. But right. he he can still get it done on anything that doesn't go the direction that doesn't fit him. And we all know what that is. Yeah. So, so you have you have some highlighted matchups as well. What are some matchups you like in the fifteen fifteen? You know, I like this matchup, even though I don't think it's gonna fare well, Dalton Caskell on on Miscal, only because he seen him last week in the championship round. So he's familiar with him. I don't know if he'd been on him prior to that or not, but only a week has went by versus several months, so he's had some time to think about it, and uh, payback could be coming, but I don't know. This bull right here is a handful. Yeah, you he's definitely your- a handful, big-time handful. You got to have your hammer cocked to get by him. And, and, if you're, and if you make one little mistake, as on any of these bulls at this level, regardless if it's a 15-15 or a, any event at this level, if you stump your toe, one fraction of an inch you're pretty much on the ground and it's going to be a dog fight but i got to give that one to the bull sorry dalton i hope you proved me wrong if you're listening to this what's and, a uh what's another matchup you like in this 15 15 i really like dinner barbosa on on bentley i think he'll ride that bull because dinner's been answering the bell so to speak as they as they say when he gets in the bucket shoots he would have probably made the championship round last week in New York if he didn't slap that bull right out of the gate. I think he rides the bull. I don't think he beat, beats Boudreaux, and I don't think he beat Mason Taylor either. I'm not sure who wins between Mason Taylor or Boudreaux. But, and then, of course, you get in here to Andrew Alvarez is going to be the last one that I'll probably – well, no, I got one more after that. But Andrew Alvarez – I hope he proved me wrong, but I, I just don't see things going real well with him. Yellow Feather, I hope he's 95 and proved me wrong. And I don't love this matchup for Andrew either. It's nothing against Andrew. It's more of what this bull is like. He's probably going to go away from his hand and have a lot of speed. You know, they always say styles make fights or whatever, you know, when you're talking boxing, UFC, MMA, and I don't really particularly like this matchup a whole lot, but that's just me. The last one I'm going to pick because I, I I was looking at this and picked one more than I originally intended to, but Austin Richardson on Highbrow Cat, I think he rides that bull. I think that'll put him in the top three or four because I don't think they'll ride more than three or four bulls and three or four bulls in my opinion may be hot yeah they they generally don't ride a whole bunch of these looking at this I would say yeah I mean if they ride more than three or four I'd be surprised because even the matchups you like I mean they're not they're not locked and loaded to go your way when you're talking this caliber of bull, I would say if they get above three, that's a pretty good showing for these guys. I do like Austin Richardson on this bull. It's going to take a big time effort and it's probably not going to be real easy, I guess I would say, but this could be big time fireworks. You know, this bull didn't have a great trip last weekend in New York City. And like I kind of touched on a little bit earlier this week, I think some of that was due to Cannon Cravens kind of trying to cheat the bull over there. It looked like he was really expecting him to go right, and that bull felt him and never never kind of turned back. He just kind of went straight. 
So I think if Richardson sits in the middle of them and doesn't try to try to guess which way he's going, this could be a pretty, pretty big time matchup, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And I'm just going to touch on this briefly because if we don't, we're doing him a disservice. The number one man in the world has... Diddy Wah Diddy, according to He's a big, stout bull, red and white paint bull, flat horns. Yeah, he looks looks powerful, but the way Oliver looked last weekend, I think he could ride anything with hair on it. I'm not too worried about him. Who wins it? If you're putting me on the spot to pick a winner of this deal, the 15-15. Yes, yes, sir, and then I'll give my thoughts on it after that as well. Gosh, that's tough, but I think as far as the safest pick, like if I had to put money on it, because I do think this bull will fit him, it's got to be JRV on Jive Turkey. I don't expect the bull to have quite as good of a trip as he did in Indy because he was very, very good out there. But I do think he's going to go into his hand and JRV just eats him up. That's what I think. What about you? If I had to just pick one, just to kind of be a sleeper to kind of, well, yeah, he's going to get the whistle and possibly win the, win the whole deal. I really like Dinner Barbosa on Bentley, but I don't think that he would be enough points. Uh, the only one that I think would be even close to JRV would be uh, Red Clark and Boudreaux Campbell because I don't think Coriolis effect is going to fit Kaiki Pacheco. Um, I'm going to go with. Boudreau Campbell and Red Clark. So I got JRV, you got Boudreau. All right. Make it a contest. <laughs> yes, but sir. I think uh I think that'll take us to the round one matchups. What do you think about round one? Who are some matchups you really like? As I'm pulling it up here, I'm kind of looking in the fantasy portion of this because it's kind of cool how they got that. There's a lot of matchups in here that I really like for round one. Kyle Oliver on Stuntman Ray, that bull's been around a long time. I think he'll be uh, somewhere between 84 and 86 and a half, unless that bull slowed down a lot more than I realized. Dalton Castle on Sun Country, I think he rides that bull to 89 to 90 points. Playing chicken and dinner Barbosa, that's a good matchup. Dinner Barbosa should win that matchup and just have a decent score going into round two. And then, a, you know, Kaiki Pacheco, that's a good matchup as well with little Larry. Should ride that bull, but then he should ride anything. Silvano Alves has PBR on TikTok. Now, what do you think about that matchup? How do you see I that? I think you should ride him regardless of which I think he is going to go to the right, which would be into Silvano's hand. He's not a day off that bull. Like he's got a little more to him than it appears sometimes, I think. But at the end of the day, if he goes to the right, there's no reason Silvano should not ride him. Keyshawn rode him last week. He should just be a a bull at this level. Guys should be able to ride on a somewhat consistent basis, especially when you're talking a guy like Silvano, with three time, you know, three world championships and all that, you know, he's capable of riding any bull on this tour, no doubt. And one that I really like, or a couple, I guess, that you didn't already touch on, Jesse Petrie versus the Good Stuff Paradigm Bull Company. I think this bull should go into his hand. Got a little bit of gas to him, but nothing too crazy. I think he could be about 87, 88 on him. Derek Cole Baba, Buckeye Bill, I expect Derek to ride that bull. 
Bull's been around for a while, probably lost a step or two as the years have went on. And I just think Derek should be able to handle him. Andrew Alvidrez versus out of the blue, Viducic. This bull got rode by Lockwood last week, and he should go into Alvidrez's hand. With how Andrew rode last week, I expect him to ride this one too. I mean, I don't know exactly what kind of score we'll get. The bull was a lot better on Friday night than Saturday, but nonetheless, he can still be in that upper 80s threshold. And one more I had was Adriano Salgado versus Dager, Chad Berger. Cody Jesus was 89 and a half on him in Indy, and he should be into the left, which or should be to the left, which is into Salgado's hand. He's going to have some speed, though. He's going to have some gas to him for sure. I'm intrigued to see if Salgado gets it, gets it done on this one just because of the speed factor. You know, Adriano's a little bit bigger of a guy. This isn't a huge bull. And he's, like I said, he uses speed when he bucks. So I'm interested to see if Salgado twists this one or what happens in that matchup. Yeah, me too. I'm interested in a lot of these matchups. And now that we've done that, should we move on to the fantasy portion of this? Yeah, I think segueing off that, we'll go into our fantasy picks for the weekend. But before then, I'd just like to say we don't have any competitive advantage as far as playing rank ride goes. You know, we're not affiliated with them. We're just two guys that are passionate about the sport of bull riding and we want to see this grow. I think it's good for the sport. I know James thinks it's good for the sport. So I just wanted to put that out there that we're, we don't have any sort of competitive advantage. We're not getting paid to push this at this time. Like it's just something we're doing because we want to do it and we want to see the sport grow. So with that being said, we probably should talk about a little bit about how to actually play the game. So James, what you have a lot more experience with it than I do. How exactly do you get signed up and how do you pick your team? Well, that really depends. And what I mean by that is, is if uh, you have a player that wants to earn bonus points, they could send you an email or they could post it on Facebook and you could find it. or if you just want to go to rankride.com and sign up yourself and not get one of your friends that's already playing bonus points that counts towards the world standings, then you just go to sign up. It's super easy. I mean, my eight-year-old niece could sign up pretty easy. You just put in your name and your team name, and then you put your email address and your password that you made much like signing up for Facebook is how I would put it. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty simple sign up sheet. And then once you're signed in, you go to the events. I think that's called events and results and it'll show you the upcoming events. And once the entries have opened, you click on it and you get to a screen where you get to pick your team and they have the riders Broken down into three tiers, you pick two riders from each tier. So there's a tier one, a tier two, and a tier three. You pick two riders from tier one, two from tier two, two from tier three. And they take the set of bulls that they're going to use for the weekend. And those are also broken down into three tiers. And you choose one bull from each tier. So you'll have one bull from tier one, one from tier two, and one from tier three. So those are the basics of it. That's how you construct your lineup. And then you get points based on how well they do. If your riders get qualified rides, there's there's a ride probability. 
factored into that into each individual matchup, which you're able to chase some bonus points if you like picking long shots, that kind of thing. But it's pretty cut and dry. The way I see this, the name of the game is to get your bulls road, pick guys that are going to get to the short round and try to pick bulls that are going to buck that give you a chance to have 44 plus point bull scores. Is that how you see it, James? To simplify it, that's exactly how I see it. Get six qualified rides the first night and hope that you can get that many the second night because a lot of times they don't put out round two draw until the, the game's already closed. Sometimes they do put both draws out, and if they do, then it'll be on the bottom part sort of where where it shows the uh, analytics of so-and-so like Boudreaux Campbell versus Vertigo Spy. He has a 44.9% probability of riding that bull. This is just for round one, but if you go further down on rare occasions, they'll also have round two. That That is no fault of rank ride or even the PBR. They just don't have the draw round two so yeah the the round two draws are a lot of times not determined until the first round is totally done they are still finalizing that bull list all the way through the first round so like james alluded to a lot of times the round two draw is not going to be available i would say more times than not right james more times than not yes sir and and if you can find a uh, group a team of guys that can get six qualified rides, you're probably going to get some kind of a check. And I will touch on this a little bit. It's 110% free to play. And how much it pays is based on how many entries you have. So if you have 10 entries, then first place wins and one hole gets paid. But if you have 100 entries, then 10 holes get paid. Basically for every 10 players one hole gets paid right so yeah it's free right now and it's fun to play i think it's something you could really enjoy with your buddies and to kind of isolate it down into a little different environment you could get your own little group text going have your own little league and and figure out how much you you and your buddies want to play for in that respect it's something i do a lot with different fantasy sports and it really is fun to uh, interact with your buddies if you're going to be watching the bull riding anyways to talk some crap back and forth like, geez, you, your picks suck or whatever. You know, it's it's a good time. I definitely enjoy that. I think we touched on that enough. Let's get right into the meat and potatoes. Let's talk some tier one riders, James. Who are your tier one riders that you're going to look at this weekend? What I'm going to do is I'm going to give three picks from each tier. I may just give two or maybe three in the bulls because there's going to be some bulls that I don't know. Yeah, Obviously, we get to tier three, but uh, it, based on matchups in round one, it's never a bad thing to uh, pick Kaiki Pacheco or Joao Ricardo Vieta. We don't know exactly why Kaiki Pacheco wasn't there last week, and I don't want to speculate that it was some kind of injury, if it was, I was unaware of it and still unaware of it. I picked him, and I hope I hope he's healthy. Mason Taylor right now is the hardest guy in bull riding. But if I were going to pick just specifically for this round what I would call layups, Dalton Castle, in my opinion, has got one that 
that he's for sure going to ride. Silvano Alves does as well. He's got PBR on TikTok. Those would be my recommendations for anybody for tier one. So I'm pretty similar as far as I had Kaike and JRV. I think those guys are just consistent. Yes, with JRV, it, it matters a little bit more what the bull does, but he has gotten better going away from his hand in the last few years. He's starting to get a few more of them rode. One guy I like in there, too, as far as round one matchup goes that you didn't touch on is Andrew Alvidrez. I just think he can get along with that bull. The problem is when you look at who else is is in tier one, I would like Andrew a lot better if he's in tier two. And that's not nothing against Andrew. That's just tier one is there's some heavy hitters in there as far as bull riders go. And Andrew is good, obviously, but he is a guy I would like a lot more in tier two. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. For tier two guys that I had kind of highlighted, uh, I really like Cole Baba to get his first one road. I just think that's a bull he should ride all day long at this point in time. Jesse Petri is another one that I had highlighted. I think he has a chance to put up 88 points, be right around there on the bull he has. And uh, Keyshawn Whitehorse actually is a guy that I'm looking at too, as far as tier two goes. Keyshawn has the bull that Chase Outlaw had last week, a slice of heaven from Paradigm Bull Company. And I just think Keyshawn's going to show up ready to ride and, and be motivated to win. What do you think about tier two? I, I think if any of these guys don't show up to win, they ought to stay home, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> but looking at tier two, I don't have my actual teams pulled up just because I don't want people copying my teams. So I'm just randomly picking some matchups that I think will benefit anybody. And they may be somebody that I picked and just don't remember. But for tier two, I'm going with Claudio Montagna Jr. Just because that's one of the highest probability scores that I've ever seen on rank ride. 62.1% chance he's going to ride this bull. I don't know much about this bull. Do you? Yeah, actually, I do. This bull is raised in North Dakota, which is where I'm from. He's one that guys at this level should get along with. Uh, he's been to some of these before. Like He got hauled to some classics when he was a four-year-old. So he's been exposed to this level before. It's not like he's a complete unknown. He's just a 42-point bull. That's kind of what he is. You're not going to probably get a whole lot more out of him. He should get along with him. I know Jess Lockwood's rode this bull before. Yeah, this is a pretty nice draw for Claudio, in my opinion. And then I've got to be like you, and I've got to go with Derek Comabo and Buck Abdel. I, I think 40% probability is a little low, in my opinion. I think he's probably over 50% probability of riding this bull, or at least he should. But this bull, if it's the same bull that I think he is, has been in the re-ride pen a bunch. Buckeye Bill? Yeah. Yeah, he's been he's been used as re-rides. He's been around for a long time. He's definitely a veteran of the game, no doubt about it. If they put him in the re-ride pen, that means he's good and you could be you know, 87 to 90 on him and have a chance to win. So I don't know because of his age that you can push that 90 range or even the 87 range, but somewhere around 86 to 88 on a really good day and depending on what Derek Kobaba does, 
And then I'll pick one more out of this section. Mauricio Moreta and Red Solo Cup. Again, I don't know much about the bull. He's actually from the same guy as the bull Claudio has. They Both those bulls originated at the same place. They're only a couple hours from where I live, so I've been up to the place. Uh, just kind of the same deal. At this level, they're bulls that guys should be able to ride. That's all there really is to it. You know, you're probably not going to see massive bull scores, but they're just solid. Like I said, they're solid bulls that guys at this level should be 86 to 87 points on, in my opinion. Especially a guy that finished in the top 10 and should finish in the top five. So I think that kind of wraps up tier two riders. We'll move on to tier three riders. And I have three of them highlighted here. And I think the first one is like a cheat code, but you almost got to use them. I shouldn't say you got to use them, but Kyler Oliver in tier three, especially with the bull he's got. I mean, I don't see how you don't give him a serious look. If you look at Jess Lockwood as well, he's got a bull that I don't know a ton about. I believe he's from K-Bar C's and he is. And then Chase Outlaw. I mean, how do you bet against him right now? He's looked pretty good. And who knows, this could be the weekend he puts it all together. What do you think there, James? I'm looking at the same people you are here, basically, with some different thoughts. Um, Kyle Oliver, probably in all reality, has got the nicest bull in the pen just to ride. It should be more of a practice pen type of ride for him at that level because guys like that get on those types of bulls during the week just for practice. That's how they do it. I mean, but but to have a bull at that level, if you stub your toe, he's still going to put you in the dirt, no matter how good he is to ride. But Outlaw, I've known for years, and uh, one of the grittiest, toughest guys I've ever been around, and I'll never bet against him. Although I would like to see his consistency get up there a little bit more and see him, you know, knocking out at least two bulls in a weekend or three. And that'll come. He's been, you know, off for year and a half, two years, or however long it's been fixing all his injuries. So he's just a little rusty in my opinion, but he's going to knock it, that rust off, and he's definitely going to fight if you want somebody to be a fighter for you. I don't know anything about the bull Jess Lockwood's got either. It's kind of one of those bulls that I've never seen, but Jess Lockwood knocked one out finally, 87 and a half in New York. And uh, every streak starts with one. So that's definitely one you look at. If I had to pick a sleeper, maybe in tier three, and I don't think I would last year, I know I wouldn't have done it, but Cole Melanson is only has a 22.1% probability of riding that bull. But the guy has showed me in the world, his toughness. I mean, to mentally buck off, 30 some odd bulls in a row and to still show up and try your guts out till your head hits the ground every time and to work his way out of the slump he was in and taking the beatings. Honestly, I didn't expect to see him back this early. I figured he would take some time off and, and maybe have some surgeries or whatever was going on at the time, because at the end of the season last year, it seemed like everything hurt all the way down to his toes, to his hair. You know, yeah, he was that. he was definitely soared up last year. You could see it when he'd walk into a building. He was definitely sore. Yeah, I agree with what you said about Cole. He's a guy that also is one to look at. 
he's just shown that he's a gamer, you know, and it's it's easy to cheer for guys like that. So I think we'll move on to the Bulls now. What are a couple tier one Bulls that you're going to look at this weekend? A couple of tier one Bulls. For folks that want a little bit of, to learn a little bit about this game, if there's some Bulls or some Riders that you're not familiar with, if you look on the left-hand side, they'll have a power ranking. And the higher that power ranking is, the more likely that you're going to get a pretty high score if you don't know the Bulls. Of course, it's tier one. You're going to know those Bulls, at least a handful of them, enough to pick pretty good. Sky Harbor is, he's good, and he can sometimes be great, but he can sometimes be awful. (laughs) If it were me, I would probably pick something a little more safe, like uh, Mr. Winston, who they had in the short round a bunch in the past. And that Uncle Gangster's pretty solid. He's not going to get you, you know, 45-point bull scores, but I don't feel like any of these bulls, at least in this week's Tier 1, can do that. Yeah, it's definitely limited as far as the number of bulls in there this week. I had also uh, looked at Uncle Gangster, Mr. Winston. The two that I ended up starring was Sky Harbor just because I've seen him be... 45 plus before, but I do understand there's some risk there. Another bull I like that I think potentially could maybe not get quite 45, but I think he he's capable of being 44 plus for sure is slinging lead from the Ducic bucking bulls. He's a pretty, pretty solid little bull there. He's a handful. He's, he likes to buck. So those are some tier one bulls that we're going to look at in tier two. The two that I had highlighted were Facetious of Paradigm Bull Company. Yeah, he was pretty good with Austin Richardson last weekend. This is still a bully. He's still only five, I think, I believe. And he seems to just have some gas to him. I kind of like his intensity. And I think with the right guy on him, he's capable of putting up pretty decent bull scores. As well as Dagger of Chad Burgers. That's the bull Adriano Salgado has. And like I said... This bull was really gassy when Cody Jesus had him back in uh, Indianapolis. And I think this bull is capable of being over 44 as well. So what do, what do you see in tier two that you like? There's several, but I got to back up just a minute because there's one or two bulls that I left, or at least one that I really want to highlight that I did not left out. Uh, Dalton Castle has Sun Country. They're 89 to 90 on that bull all the time. Well, not all the time, but on a regular basis, and he's pretty easy to ride. And so that's a 44, 44 and a half type of bull there. Now, moving on to tier two, depending on your strategy and kind of what you wanted to do, Buckeye Bill is a good, good, solid one to pick there. Stuntman Ray, I would normally pick that bull, but I haven't seen him go in quite some time, and he's got some age on him. So I don't know what we're going to see out of him, to be honest. Yeah, so, he's one. I, I think three, four years ago, he'd be one you might want to take a look at. But I think he's got enough age on him now. I just don't know if he provides the upside for you. It is a guaranteed bull score, though. Uh, oh, correct. Correct. But again, in my opinion, there's different strategies. But in my opinion, if you get six qualified rides, and at least get some kind of bull score, 
you may not win because you the bull scores may cost you the win, but you should place if there's enough people playing in the month, right. about 85 to 90 percent of the time anyway. But yeah, I'm with you. Uh, if I had to just pick one, it would probably be Buckeye Bill. I got you. Have you gotten a chance to look at tier three at all? The the two that I had were out of the blue from the Ducic Bucking Bulls. He looked pretty good last weekend in New York City. And Vertigo Sky of Heart Cattle Company. You know, he didn't have great trips in New York City. Vertigo Sky or Vertigo Spy didn't. But I've seen better days out of him, and I think he's capable of it. I think a lot of it went went to just kind of the sandy, the sandy arena dirt there probably affected this bull a little bit. What do you, What are your thoughts? I think the sand there in that arena was just affecting them all a little bit. Some of them better than others because a bunch of them fell down that don't typically do fall down and so on and so forth. But I don't really, to be honest, I don't really know a whole lot about these bulls. so. In this particular case, I would probably go with Vertigo Sky or Little and or, or Little Larry just because I I've seen those bulls and they're pretty decent. You know, they're not going to get you a championship round type scores, but they're they're going to get you some good scores. And those would be the two that I would probably look at the hardest that I actually recognize and know out of the blue. I know I've seen, but I can't recall who had him last or anything like that but that's kind of where i'm looking yeah tier three is a little bit different or not different just kind of difficult like there's a lot of bulls from kurt check in there that or i haven't seen very much of you know there's the two bulls that i know the guy that raised them but uh yeah i just think out of the blue they they 44 them last week in the first trip if he does something like that i'm gonna be pretty happy with it but i think that'll wrap up kind of the fantasy picks uh portion of this deal do you have any closing thoughts go oh, off ab- oh absolutely uh, let's remind the folks of where to watch and how to watch so yeah the chicago utb starts tonight it's on at 9 30 p.m eastern time it's kind of late so 8 30 central time and it's on ride pass on pluto tv what else you got for closing thoughts Round two in the championship round, is that Saturday night or Sunday? It's typically on CBS Sports Network. They're going to have the bucking battle on CBS at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And the championship rounds on at 7 or 8 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday. Awesome. Well, my only other closing thought to this deal is good luck to everybody playing the fantasy game. And uh, this week, and I hope. I hope the pot gets pretty good size and uh, thank everybody for listening. And thank you, Cooper, for this opportunity to share my knowledge and love for this sport. And always remember that every day is a gift from God. What you do with it, quite simply and honestly, that's your gift back to him. God bless. Absolutely, man. Back at you. I appreciate appreciate your help. And I think it's going to be a good deal, man. So Without further ado, I think that's it for me. Come back and visit us again, guys. It's been been a blast doing this. Check us out on uh, Instagram at From the Back Pens, as well as subscribe, leave comments, give us feedback. It's all good. So you guys have a good one. Come back and visit us again from the back pens. Mm-hmm.